Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. The Iowa men's basketball team continues to fight for seeding in the Big Ten tournament when they visit Indiana tonight. Hawkeyes can finish anywhere from 2nd to 11th. Bears GM Ryan Pohl says the plan right now is for Justin Fields to be their quarterback, but they'll do their homework on the QBs in the draft. Packers GM Brian Gutekunst says he has not spoken with Aaron Rodgers since his isolation retreat. Says he's hoping to meet with him in the near future. I'm Doug Thompson. For the win from the Jethro's Barbecue Studios, where every Tuesday get two for one on the best wings in town. Score! This is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Number two, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Bottom of the hour, we'll switch gears, put the basketball away for the day, bring out the bats and balls and gloves, and toss it around with Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. Trent's plays of the day before we get out of here at one as well. Doco Pizza serving authentic New York-style pizza featuring delicious dough made in-house every day along with the freshly shredded mozzarella cheese. Check them out, 24th and University in the heart of the Drake neighborhood. This isn't part of the script, but you'll be glad that you did. Um, it's really good. You I had it last it, week. I had it last week. It was lunch and dinner, and the family got some as well. It was incredibly good. Boy, they do a good job. And you've been talking about not just the pizza. they got a lot of oh, other great baby. things. that. And you had it delivered, did you not? Yeah, I had it delivered right here to the station as I had a busy afternoon in studio. So had it here, and that was a great lunch. Now I'm thinking already. Told you. Yeah, told you. have to do that one again. Emma Necker knows. <laughs> he joins us, don't you, Adam? It's good, isn't it? I do. I do. Yeah, it is. It is. It's re- it's really good stuff. It's worth checking out. If people haven't uh, haven't had the opportunity to head over and listen to you two, I haven't eaten lunch yet, so I'm uh, my mouth salivating over here. Good stuff. Well, let's uh, let's go back to Sunday before we head to uh, look ahead to the weekend yeah. as the uh, the curtain comes down on the regular season. What do you make of the uh, Drake Bradley game? It was just both teams coming in with long winning streaks. Obviously, something was going to give. Uh, Drake struggled to shoot the basketball. Adam, that's what I saw. What did you see? Yeah, I mean, I, I think part of it, for people that haven't watched Bradley much and maybe took that game in, I think part of what you saw is what makes Bradley successful, right? So this is the 17th team, their top 20 in the NCAA in field goal percentage defense, their top 15 in scoring defense, and they held Drake not only below Drake's averages, but it's basically right in line with how Bradley's played uh, throughout the course of this year. And I think a couple of the, the, the tone of the game was just a lot different than, than the game in Des Moines. And I thought Brian Wardle did a great job making some mm-hmm. defensive adjustments, putting size against Roman Penn. Roman Penn struggled a little bit to get going early. And even though the Drake offense continued to battle, just couldn't get over that hump. And, and I thought Bradley's defense was just flat-out phenomenal in the game in Peoria. And Connor Hickman, he was filling it up from the outside, four three-pointers in the game. (laughs) He was so, so good. I want to ask you about Duke Dean. Little guy. Hmm. He's listed at 5'8". I don't even know if he's that. But did you ever play against a point guard that tough? Is it difficult at times maybe defending some of those shorter guys? Because it doesn't matter what level of college basketball. You don't see many 5'8 guys running around. Well, and and part of what you see, Trent, I mean, when you have a guy that's that's shorter like that, in order for them to make it to that level, they really do have to be better at all facets of the game. So not only is it a quickness thing, using leverage and all that kind of stuff, 
but you don't find small guys that can't shoot Mm -hmm. because they need to be able to stretch the floor. And you don't have small guys that don't see the floor really well because when they get in the paint, not only do you have to be a finisher, you have to be able to spray the ball out not only to the big down low, but out to three-point shooters. And we saw Duke Dean uh, do that a little bit, only two assists for him, but a lot of hockey assists as well, Mm -hmm. creating in the paint. And, you know, I, I think one of the challenges when you're maybe a taller guy playing against a guy that's that size is it just it throws the geometry off of how you bump people, how you keep them in front of you. And so rather than competing with people at their hip level or above, you're, you're playing, or excuse me, their hip level or below, you're playing at his shoulder height. And so it's easier for him to duck his shoulder height and get around you. And listen, Duke Dean could shoot the basketball as well. Was really good in the first game these two played. I think he ended up with a little over 20 mm. uh, for his ending stat line. Yeah, he ended with 21 in that game, knocked down 5 of 12 from 3. And even though he only had 8 points, definitely had an impact on, on the game in Peoria as well. Uh, Adam, this is maybe part wishful thinking on Trent's and my part, but we, we just... We think it's it's the standings don't say that it's a foregone conclusion. It's going to be Bradley Drake. Yet when we watch the Valley, we think that those two teams have separated themselves from the Southerns and the Indiana States and the Belmonts. They were right there in the standings. It was really close at the top. Do you think that uh, it's Bradley and Drake that is a separation between whoever that third team is? Or is that unfair? I mean... no, I, I, I do. I do. I think that makes a lot of sense, Ken. And, and you know, part of a 10-game winning streak for Drake that just got snapped and now an ongoing 10-game winning streak for Bradley, that'll do it to you, right? right? You win 10 games in a row, all of a sudden people start looking at you a little more favorably. But what's interesting about the way the bracket shook out, especially with Bradley winning the last game, is now both teams are set up for potential crash courses against the only team they didn't want to see before the championship <laughs> game. So Bradley lost twice by a combined five points, mind you, but lost both games to Belmont this year. Belmont is the four seed in the bracket. That's who Bradley Mm -hmm. would play in the semifinal. At the bottom end of the bracket, Drake has, as the two seed, has Southern Illinois as the three, but Missouri State is the six. Mm -hmm. So Drake was 0-2 against Missouri State, lost to them by a combined six points, but that's still 0-2. So I think the two teams that the top seeds would have wanted to see on the opposite side end up in their bracket. So no no uh, guarantee that that's right. what we're going to see in the semifinal game, but definitely tough test either way. Interesting. Tournament gets started in two days. Game one, it'll be you and I, the eighth seed against ninth-seeded Illinois State. Figure the Panthers get that one. There's a pretty big gap between uh, the bottom teams in the conference, 9 through 12, and everybody else there. You and I, though, it was an uneven season that ended kind of on a sour note. They get Bradley in the quarterfinals. Do you give them any shot at all to pull the shocker? You know, it's a, it's a tough one. First of all, never count out Ben Jacobson. I sure. feel like that's a that's a pretty safe assumption. Mm-hmm. But to your point, Trent, I mean, just down the stretch, losers of five in a row in one stretch, and now an active two-game losing streak after that win at Missouri State. And, you know, Bradley is just a team. The size and physicality and pace, they play a similar to game to, way, to, to the way Northern Iowa plays, but Bradley right now is more experienced and does it a little bit better. That's going to be a tough hill for the Panthers to climb. 
I think that's that's probably a ten to fifteen point brave victory. Hmm. So uh, think back on your time uh, when when you guys went the the uh, the Friday Saturday Sunday to win the championship. When I'm I'm guessing Sunday there was all adrenaline. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. Uh, maybe um, you you noticed the fatigue. But I have to assume that uh, that Sunday was you know so much on the line, etc. Take us through that. What's the recovery like? I mean, obviously, got to be very important. But w- was there was there a feeling of uh, fatigue setting in at any point during those three days, Adam? One thousand percent. One thousand percent. Being playing three games in three days at that high of a level, especially when you're playing a lot of minutes, is very, very difficult and challenging on your body, especially at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Which is why four games in four days oh. is so much more difficult to overcome. I'll tell you what my lasting memory is, Ken, is after we played, we played the first round game, you feel good, you play the second round game, and I remember after that game, after we beat Creighton, we had a shoot-around later that night, and I did the shoot-around from a chair. (laughs) I sat in a chair as a way to just conserve my legs. We went through a mental practice, right? We were going through some of the going through some of the schemes and the and the game plan for to play against Illinois State at that time, but I was doing that sitting down to save my legs. Now, as we got prepared for the next game, to your point, you show up the next day and you're ready to play because you have, you know, the the adrenaline is going and you're ready to go. But about midway through the first half, and we were fortunate enough to have a lot of things break our way in that game and and built a sizable Mm -hmm. lead. I remember looking up at the clock and thinking, man, this thing can't tick down fast (laughs) enough. There is definitely, there is definitely physical fatigue that plays in which is why playing those earlier games, playing the game at noon yeah. on Friday, 2.30 on Saturday, gives you a few more hours rest to the teams that are on the bottom of that bracket. That is an advantage. It's not a huge advantage, but it definitely creates an advantage if the game's tight in the end on Sunday. And Sunday's on CBS. And correct me if I'm wrong, maybe you don't remember this, but I think Dick Enberg did that game, your championship. Yes. He yes. did, didn't he? He did. You're right. Yeah. Good memory, Ken. Look at you. Yeah, well, absolutely. Right. Still, still uh, not as what it once was, but anyways, yeah, that was fun day. What great weekend. Anyway, Adam, we were having some fun earlier. Our bracketologist we have on the show, Shelby Mast, he had Iowa State matched up with Drake in the first round. Now it's a crapshoot that that could happen, but if it would, I know it's different than when you were playing when you guys got to play Iowa and Iowa State every single year, but. It's the NCAA tournament. You're going to have plenty of juice going into it. What do you think that would mean, though, if they get an opportunity against an Iowa State team after, well, they haven't ducked them here recently, but just the schedule has changed and haven't had those opportunities here lately? Yeah, I mean, I, I think if you're if you're Drake or you and I, I mean, pretty much you're, you're any mid-major that gets an opportunity to go against your in-state team. And speaking for Drake and you and I, I don't have inside information. I don't think you need it. Right. Drake and you and I are 1,000% available to play Iowa and Iowa State whenever, however, and whatever that looks like. Mm -hmm. Drake and you and I want to play those games, no doubt, no doubt in my mind. And so you get an opportunity to do that. There's a little bit of an edge from a coaching staff standpoint. You're going to have a little bit of an edge from a player standpoint of wanting to win that game. And to be candid, there's probably an edge in the administration (laughs) of wanting to make sure that's an important victory. There's a lot of excitement that goes into in-state rivalry games, right? You just kind of feel the different buzz in the community. To see that game in the NCAA tournament, man, that would be that would be a heck of a lot of fun. And, you know, as a, as a guy that is an alumnus of Drake, follows this team pretty well, Iowa State does some really good things. 
I would also feel pretty good about Drake's chances. Yeah. Uh, Darnell Brody did not go through senior uh, uh, ceremonies uh, this past weekend. Does that mean in your mind he's coming back? I, I think that is a strong, strong indicator mm-hmm. that uh, part of what you see from the coaching staff at Drake is planning on having the big fella, number 51, Darnell Brody, back in the lineup for next year. Now, transfer portal things, mm-hmm. guys, you just yep. you never know. Yep. You never know what to expect. But, you know, I, I think Darnell Brody, you look at him as part of the core with Tucker DeVries and Connor Enright coming back. There's a number of open scholarships on this team as well. There'll be some transfer portal work for Coach Darren DeVries and his staff to do this year as, as well as maybe looking into a couple late signees from a from a high school standpoint. But it's going to, you know, we have we have a few more, at least one more week to be able to enjoy this team. No doubt there'll be postseason play in the future, whatever that means. So we have a little bit longer to enjoy the folks that are on the floor. But uh, at the same time, it's going to be pretty exciting as we head into the offseason, seeing how this roster fills itself out. No question. And uh, I'm sure, I know you're aware of this. I'm, I'm wondering if you're involved at all. The collective that they put together, do you great collective. Uh, Kyle Mertz is the guy that's in charge of it. Uh, it's good that they're getting involved and keeping up with the Joneses type of thing. Do you know anything about the collective, Adam? Not not any not anything inside or outside of what you just mentioned, Ken. But I, I think to your point, it, it's part of becoming what is status quo yeah. in college sports. And when you're talking about football, when you're talking about basketball, I, the, the revenue-generating sports, I think part of what you have to make sure is that as an as a organization, as a university, as a community that supports, mm-hmm. uh, putting your best foot forward not only helps keep the kids that you have on, on campus, but also is a nice way to, uh, to help show support for, uh, for the teams we're watching and rooting for day in and day out. Adam Emenecker, Doco Pizza Sponsors. Adam, thank you for doing this. You'll be with Sean and Heather on Thursday. We'll talk next week. We'll know if there's a a bid coming for the big dance or their NIT bound. It has to be postseason. This team is too good to put it away after this weekend. Thanks, Adam. Have a great week. Thanks. Appreciate it. Yep, appreciate it. Yep, take care. Adam Emenecker, Adoko Pizza in the heart of the Drake neighborhood, served not just the best pizza in the metro, but salad wing sandwiches and a great selection of craft beers. 24th and University, again, right in the heart of the Drake neighborhood. Uh, good to catch up with Adam. That team that uh, I had so much fun covering that yeah. team. So many memories. This is my favorite team to cover. My favorite, I guess, highlight would be getting to the Rose Bowl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just seeing that for the, I mean, the facade. And it was needed that year. I mean, in a big-time way. Drake going? Yes. Oh, my God. Iowa and Iowa State stunk. They were awful that year. Iowa State that year. Well, first, Drake beat them 79-44 at the Nap Center. Holy mackerel. I didn't remember that part about it. Iowa State went 14-18. and It was Craig Bracken's freshman year. Yuri Hubelik, Wesley Johnson. Wow. Deontay Garrett as a freshman. Rashawn Clark was a senior that year. Iowa... Went 13-19 and that season. Their top players, Tony Freeman, Justin Johnson, Jeff Peterson, Cyrus Tate. Oh, my God. Oof, what a group. We needed something that year, didn't we? Yeah, we sure did. We sure did. And it got great access to him. Mike Mahon did a phenomenal job. We had Keno whenever we wanted him. Uh, it, was, it was a great, great run. Terrific run. Of course, Larry Kotler, who did mornings mm-hmm. here, was the play-by-play. The late Larry Kotler was the play-by-play guy of uh, Drake. Him and Dolph had some fun. A uh, fun team to cover and got to St. Louis and uh, had had a blast. Look, if you if you got nothing to do this weekend, you're a basketball fan, mm-hmm. maybe not from the area, you didn't go to the Iowa, Iowa State or any of the Valley schools, it is such a fun 
experience in St. Louis. It truly and, is. And I'm interested to hear people that are able to make it down this weekend, what reports we get back. How does Belmont travel? Mm, we Murray don't know. State, yeah. who absolutely loves their team. You know, Murray State's building seats 8,800. Does it really? Yeah. It's a, and, they, and they fill that thing up in the middle of huh. nowhere, Kentucky, and they have a good following there. UIC, they're not going to bring anybody, but... I always made the joke, so every time I'd be down there, all right, first one to find a Purple Aces fan, you get the, <laughs> yeah. you get a free beer. Yeah. <laughs> and it was a grind to find that first Purple Ace fan uh, throughout the course of the so day. So back then, it was I think it was for me, I stayed at the Indiana State Hotel because it was okay. a Hilton property and I had Hilton points. Uh, well, of course. But they you're were, in the sports world. You have to be a Hilton Sure. Guy, right? Uh, and they were always out on the first round. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we made fun of it before the uh, Emmenecker's team that the Drake Invitational type right. of thing. But Indiana State was bad. I think it was. I think it was. Anyways, we will uh, switch gears. Going to put the basketballs away for the day. Well, a little bit. We got some basketball. To oh, you've talk got about. some plays coming up, do you? Well, we got that. And we got to talk Iowa, Indiana, at some point. We do. And Matt Snyder, he's an Indiana grad and a huge Hoosier, Hoosier fan. So though we'll talk plenty uh-huh, of baseball. Uh-huh. We'll get a little basketball. How do you feel? We got a couple of minutes before we got to get to break. Oh, I think I was going to get clubbed. I mean, I think just absolutely run out of the gym. No letdown from Indiana? No. I don't think so. They're playing too well. They were up 20, 20 Mm -hmm. points in Iowa City uh, back in early January when Iowa seemingly was circling the proverbial drain. Was it 30? They were up 20. Huchifino is playing... Like a, um, a one and dunner, which he is, which a lottery is. player. Trace Jackson Davis. Uh huh. Huchifino was the guy the other day against Purdue. And now you got Xavier Johnson. Have, have you heard, is he going to try to go tonight? Don't know. I haven't heard anything definitive Don't on know. that front. Plus, you couple that with what happened in Iowa City mm-hmm. the big collapse, yep. the back and forth, the hollering, Mike Woodson. You don't like Fran McCaffrey. I think it's safe to say that he he doesn't enjoy uh-huh. Coach Fran over there. One of two Big Ten coaches that still wears the shirt, tie, and the coat? You'd guard the other? Why in God's name that just, bothers you so I don't much. know. Just I, That's the only good thing to come out of COVID. Well, it, was, it was the fact that coaches don't have to wear a shirt and a tie for Mr. Fesh and Ken Miller. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we will uh, come back. We'll talk to Matt Snyder, Indiana grad. The number's what, six, five? Five and a half pretty much Somewhere everywhere. In there. Yep. You can find uh, six if you're going one way, and there was a five last night that I jumped aboard and laid it with Indiana. As you can imagine, that's part of my picks. I got a dozen of them here today. And uh, your day yesterday went went how? Kissed her sister, three and three. Mm-hmm. Pushed and uh, lost the juice. We got better. I there. I had a ton of circle spots. I'm feeling good about it. Well, there, was a, there wasn't a, a, a great a slate of games yesterday by any means. And right? I was digging deep. Yeah. But... I, the one that I wanted to get right most, it yeah, happened. It, it didn't go your way. Well, Steve Alford got beat. Oh, I thought Wyoming. you were talking because you had Iowa State as well. I did have Iowa State, but yeah, seeing Alford get beat by a bad Wyoming team. Oh, that was he delicious that last one, huh? night. Uh, 25 afternoon, Matt Snyder, next baseball conversation. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. You get your podcast. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book. Right at your fingertips. Circa Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit CircaSports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Grid bets off.
Guys, are you looking for an easy excuse to be on the couch watching college hoops during the best two days of March? Then schedule your vasectomy with the Urology Center of Iowa. The Urology Center of Iowa offers nitrous during your vasectomy, cutting-edge technology to help you relax during your procedure. Make the call to 515-400-3550. That's 400-3550 or online at iowauro.com. Vasectomies with the Urology Center of Iowa. And tell them you heard it. Started today. Station 106.3 KXNO. Lots of basketball conversation earlier in the program. Let's talk a little baseball and who better to do it with than our guy Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com, where he covers Major League Baseball. Matt, uh, Trent and Ken, thank you as always. How are you, Matt Snyder? I'm great. I'm looking forward to uh, uh, more spring training. Hopefully, fewer injuries. It's been unreal. to pile up here early. It really but, is. Uh, and then I'm going to go see a little basketball game tonight. Well, let's start there. Uh, as, as an Indiana grad, Iowa coming off a well, both teams. I mean, Indiana beating Purdue, Iowa in the comeback fashion, the improbable comeback fashion uh, over Michigan State. Indiana's favorite. Does it feel to you like the Hoosiers have they knocked Purdue off the perch at the top of the Big Ten as the as the Big Ten's best team? Maybe Hood Shafino, the way he's playing right now, it'd be hard to argue. It's hard for me to to take off my uh, diehard fan hat. Um, but I'm inclined to say no. I think if you go body of work, Purdue is still the best team. They're still two games better than IU in the standings. However, I will say when I was all excited Saturday night and I started looking, Purdue has two games has two games left that are very losable. So I actually started to talk myself into the <laughs> chance that IU could somehow get the one seed. But it's I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see the way the rest of the season unfolds, even though there's only two games, because how many times can you say that when there's only two games left? But there's such a glut of teams. We still have absolutely no idea how, like, Purdue's probably going to be the one. But then two through, what, nine or ten, we still have Mm -hmm. no idea how they're going to see in the Big Ten tourney. It's, It's amazing how clumped up it is. Indiana's good. I think they're the best chance of the Big Ten to make the Final Four. And i got to find an alternate line. I'm going to lay... What 10, tonight you mean? 12, Are 15, you really? 20. Oof. I think Ooh, you're, really? you're, you're going to have some celebration <laughs> there tonight in Bloomington. I, I think this one is setting up. Now, just make sure no beams fall. None of that garbage well, that did, we've had to deal we with see before. That this year already? We have. Again? What's going on in that building? Yeah, Get that thing it was fixed the Ohio up. Ohio State game. Yeah. Well, what's funny is it was actually the IU Iowa game several years it back was. because mm-hmm. I was going to go to the. I, for some reason, whatever date works best for me on the calendar almost always ends up being Iowa. I've seen <laughs> Iowa. I go one game a year and I see so many Iowa games, but I had just showed up at my brother's house to get him and we were going to drive down to the game and he came out to the driveway and he said, just turn around and go back home. And I was like, what? Why? What's going on? He's like, apparently some stuff fell from the roof and we had to, they had to cancel the game. Uh, but yeah, then the Ohio State game this year, it almost took out, I can't think of his name right now. I really only follow IU, but the stud freshman for Ohio State like a metal fell and yeah, it came really close to hitting Sensabaugh. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't believe they actually continued the game, but yeah. yeah, hopefully everything holds up because I'm feeling pretty good about my visit this year. But hey, you never know. I mean, 
if there's one way to beat IU as Michigan State and uh, why can't I not think of the other team? I erased it from my memory. Somebody else, Penn State, uh, it's the rain threes. And I know Iowa, I, apparently they shoot way worse on the road from yeah, three. Yeah, it's true. If they get hot, then they could keep it close. Well, they got hot on Saturday, but that, admittedly that game was in Iowa City. Well, let's talk baseball. We shall see the game tonight, 6 o'clock tip. Uh, if you can't be in front of your TV, it airs down the hall here on News Radio 1040 WHO. Uh, baseball conversation. Um, you know, let's, I'm going to start with the World Baseball Classic. I don't know where on the calendar it fits better, but I just. As excited as I am for it, all the defections that we're starting to see, and I don't blame him. I really don't. I get, I get why Contreras isn't going to play in this thing, and he's not alone. Uh, Suzuki, there's a couple of injuries that are going to keep guys out. Is there a better period? I mean, after the World Series, everybody wants to shut it down. I'm not sure that would be the time to play it. There really isn't a better time, is there? Not really. I mean, I was actually I'm glad you asked me now because I was actually thinking about it last night and went through like all different parts. Like, you can't do it during the season, full nope. stop. You just can't do right. it in the regular season. Nobody's ever going to do that. You can't do it right after the playoffs because nobody who played in the playoffs is going to do it. So the only other time would be if you tried to do it in December or January. But, number one, a lot of guys actually like their off seasons. Yes, they work hard, <laughs> yeah. but they actually like to have their off seasons. So there probably are not that many guys are going to sign up. Number two, they do need to get ramped up a little bit in order to have big competition, especially the pitching. You can't just say, hey, we're going to hold the World Baseball Classic in January and throw a bunch of pitchers out there. They're all going to only be able to work like one inning at a time. Mm -hmm. And then did that ruin their regimen when they get to spring training heading toward the regular season? So it's really the only time you can do it is is right where they have it. As much of a skeptic as I am on almost everything Manfred does, uh, this thing is in, in the absolute right spot. Nowhere else to put it. Well, spring training is upon us, and games are underway, so let's get into the new rule changes. Your takeaways here, I have not watched more than a couple of pitches of baseball and, of course, some highlights I hear in there overall. Your takeaways from the new rules in place and what it's going to look like when we get to the regular season of 2023. I think that it's looked, when you only take the highlights, it looks pretty bad on the pitch clock. Um, just in terms of, you know, a, a walk-off on an automatic ball. Uh, no, it was a strike. No, it was a ball. Yeah, whatever it was. You never want to see a game end without a pitch being thrown without any action. But then again, as I pointed out to a few people on Twitter, a balk has been able yep. to end a game without a pitch being thrown for a hundred over a hundred years. So it it can happen, and it's always had the ability to happen. I don't think it's going to happen that much once we get to the regular season. There's a reason we have so many games in spring training on a game like this. There are adjustment periods. And uh, the other thing that I thought of when the guy who uh, had an automatic strike to end the game, it was like, well, well, let me get this straight. You have 12 seconds to get in the batter's box, and you know that there are two strikes and two outs and your team's losing in the ninth. Yep. Why did you take more than 12 seconds to stand in the batter's box? That isn't that hard. (laughs) I mean, I know I didn't play in the pros, but I played in college. Not that hard to get in the box within 12 seconds. It's See, really not. It's, so I feel like they're going to adjust to it. Maybe April will be rocky, maybe May. But by the time we get to the playoffs, we're not going to notice the pitch clock anymore at all, is my prediction. Well, you know what we have noticed? Two hours, 38 minutes. Two hours, well, 34 yeah, minutes. Yeah. We're seeing a lot of that. And look, at I'm... I was never the one. To, it's pace of play. That's what we want. If the game yeah. actually ends up lasting three hours and twenty minutes, as long as the pace of play deal. keeps you entertained and the game's moving yeah. along, that's all we ask, right? 
Yeah, I mean, it's I, I've tried to tell people till I'm blue in the face because one of the, the cool things now is if you say you like to pitch clock, then people like to like flex on you and say, well, you actually thought baseball was boring before and I love baseball more. Yeah, you know that whole thing. But right. like, I, the 2017, game five of the 2017 World Series, remember the Astros-Dodgers, it was like 13-12 in 12 innings. That game was like five and a half hours, and that's easily my favorite game of all time that didn't involve my favorite team. Um, I didn't care how long it took. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. Don't know. The problem is, and I don't know if you've seen the pitching ninja put side by side spring training with yeah. Pedro Baez throwing one pitch yeah. in the Cubs Dodgers in LCS. If you just watch the Baez part of that, it's brutal. Mm-hmm. Brutal. That's not exciting. That's not baseball. I know people, oh, it's not baseball to have a clock. Well, it's not baseball to take a minute and a half to throw one pitch. Like, let's play, let's play ball a little bit. So, yeah, I, I don't care as much about the time of game as, as you said, as the pace. And maybe it'll feel a little rushed at first. Maybe there's a, a, a chance that they'll knock a few seconds, that they'll put a few seconds on the clock at some point. I don't know that. But I do know there's a lot of time wasted with guys doing stuff that we just don't need to be watching and uh, we can cut that out, and we can get down to the down to the business of playing. I mean, it's a, look. There's a shot clock in basketball. There's a yep. play clock in football. We we don't need to to spend the entire sport standing around doing nothing. With Nomar Garcia, the other thing we don't need is James Karinchak, similar to what Nomar used to do. Yeah, I saw he he had a violation yesterday, but he was standing there like batting the ball between his hand and his mitt <laughs> over and over and over. Like, and I'm like, you don't need to do that. The only reason to do that is to say, hey, look at me. Yeah. So cut it out. Yeah. Nomar adjusted his batting gloves after every single pitch, mm-hmm. whether he swung or not. Using the Velcro backward, backward. I Nomar, but he really didn't need to do that. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Get in the box, let's play ball, and I think it's going to be a huge, huge improvement. We've seen steals are up. Now, again, spring training. We'll spring see training. if this continues. Yeah. But, you know, the steal was such a big part of the game. Matt, you and I are the same age, and... The 80s with Vince Coleman and Ricky Henderson and on and Tim on and on. And I thought, well, I mean, steals are down, but I miss it. Me too. I, I miss the stolen yep. base and what a huge weapon that can be. How significant do you think that part of be? And it's something I never would have thought of. I'd just make the base bigger. And it doesn't look you know, as it, ridiculous yeah. as you think it might. It's just a bigger base, which that little bit of difference makes a huge difference as it pertains to this. Well, and it's not just that. Like, one of the things that I was talking to my friend who was questioning why they even need to change the size of the bases was, was like, even if you put aside stolen bases and trying to increase stuff like a runner going first to third on a single, which that could be another byproduct. But I was like, when they first made the size of the bases in the late 1800s, how much smaller were guys' feet than they are nowadays? (laughs) Like, at least give them something that's proportional to their foot size. But just beyond that, yeah, even just a little bit closer – some of those plays that have been so bang-bang in years past, it leads teams to say, we're not going to take the chance that he's going to be out on a bang-bang. Now maybe it's not so much of a bang-bang. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think there will be a, a decent number more steal changes. I don't think it's going to be crazy or anything. Like I, I don't think we're going to see like multiple guys steal over 100 bases or anything like that, which, by the way, did happen in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I do think we're going to see a, a lot more 20, 20 base stealers, I think we're going to see a lot of guys get 10 to 12, guys that you would never even think about stealing that many because if you're looking for an opening and you think, hey, this pitcher's slow to home, runs a bit hard to come by, if we can steal second instead of trying to bunt or move him over with a productive out, 
hey, that's a better way to play small ball. You don't have to give up an out. Uh, let me uh, let me ask you about a team. Uh, we saw that Gavin Lux is now out for the Dodgers. He was going to be the uh, heir apparent at shortstop, I believe. They had him penciled yeah. in there, but he's out now for the year. Um, are the is the Dodgers run atop the West in, in a precarious position, and and maybe was yep. it before the lock? Because the Padres they yep. don't understand the salary cap, and if you're a Padres fan, you're all for it, right? Spend, spend, spend as long as the team is good. What's the weakness? Now that they sign Machado, they'll probably do the same with Soto, I would assume, or at least try. Is it starting pitching, maybe? Because I think they're going to score a ton of runs. I think the Padres are a team that's going to have a huge year. Well, apparently Joe Musgrove dropped a weight on his big toe and mm-hmm. broke it, so maybe it's staying out of their own way on stuff like that. Uh, they still, since they signed Waka right before spring training, Right now, you're looking at you, Darvish, Blake Snell, Michael Walker, and then Nick Martinez and Seth Lugo at the back end, which not a terrible four and a five. Uh, you'd love to have Musgrove back as soon as possible. I assume it won't take that long. You don't right. hear about big toe injuries that often, so I'm not sure. But it shouldn't take that long. So they essentially have three frontline starters once Musgrove is back. Walker, who looked almost like a frontline starter last mm-hmm. year, but we could probably call him mid-rotation. And then they've got a five and a six there that are perfectly acceptable. Um, and, and then in the lineup, I mean, <laughs> once once Tatis comes back, um, and maybe it's top heavy if you want to nitpick toward the end of it, like on Grisham and Nola, and, and maybe the platoon of Carpenter and and Cruz are you know father times catching up with them. But if you look at the the ninety ninth percentile for. Four players in their lineup, not even 99th, maybe 85th percentile for four of their players is winning MVP. Four mm-hmm. guys. And even if you want to knock Bogarts from there and say, no, he's just an all-star, the other three are absolutely decent MVP predictions right now. Mm-hmm. The Tatis could win one if he only misses 20 games. Machado and Soto absolutely could win. Uh, they've both come really close. So it's they're really stacked. You wonder about the depth if one of those guys gets hurt. We'll see how they deal with with Tatis out for twenty ish games. Um, again, maybe maybe it's top heavy, but you know we're nitpicking when we get to that point. Yeah, we are. Josh Hader was not great when he came over from Milwaukee. Better toward the end of the year, we'll see. I'm Matt Snyder. Can't wait to do this with you every single week. That means baseball is here; it's <laughs> inching its way closer. But thank you, Matt. We'll talk to you all a couple of times. I'm sure if your schedule allows prior to the end of spring training. Good luck to your Hoosiers uh, on the weekend. <laughs> All right. Take care, guys. Good to talk to you. Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com, as we catch up with our uh, buddy Matt Snyder. Such a really good baseball mind mm-hmm. and really great guest when it comes to Major League Baseball. Once we get through the Final Four and the Masters, he will take his spot on Monday's show mm-hmm. each and every week. Uh, usually a week or two. He's got vacation or something, but pretty much every week all the way and through... Start for the World Series. Season. And then he joins us on Tuesdays. That's right. We bump him when, uh, from Monday to Tuesday. That's right. We do do that. Anyways, we will uh, come back. Trent's Plays of the Day. Circus Sports Sponsors. Three and three yesterday. Uh, so we had to, he lost the juice, but he's got a, um, a better look at tonight's card. And he'll share that with us when we come back. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. No purchase necessary to enter. See official rules for details. Last summer, my house was hit with hail. Between assessing damage on the roof and dealing with insurance, it can be a stressful situation. Luckily for me, it wasn't stressful because I called my friends with Wolf Roofing. We were able to get a new roof on our family home in one day. It looked sharp. Everything was cleaned up. And now... We have peace of mind with our new roof. 
Set up your next roofing project with Wolf Roofing at 515-225-8866. Or you can go online at Wolf Roofing. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book. Right at your fingertips. Circa Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit CircaSports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-Hoofing.net. It's time for Trent's Pick of the Day. Brought to you by Circus Sports Iowa. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. No stream for the Miller and Condon show tomorrow, correct? Yes, we will be radio only. Murph and Andy too? Yes, as the Iowa Wild will be in action. So if you're looking for the Wild game, iHeartRadio app or KXNO.com is where you can find it. Radio only, so bring that radio in to work with you if you're sitting in the office and normally stream yeah, us. turn it up. It'll go over well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or you can plug in a headphone maybe and make that work a little bit better for your office mates, right? Uh, yeah. Or maybe you can make a new fan of Miller & Condon. That may be so. That's and not I, a bad I, thing. I highly recommend you bring some uh, leftover fish and put it in the microwave in the break room <laughs> and just start to let it rip. You don't think it's going to go over well, huh? <laughs> All right, let's get your plays. Uh, we're up to 14 now. I told you I ah. love this card. I, it just it doesn't end. Let's kick it off. We're going to go quick through it. Again, you can follow along with me, Trent Condon, on the Action Network app. You can follow and track all my picks over there and jump aboard with me. We kick it off with Arkansas State. They're getting three at Coastal Carolina. Bellarmine goes to Liberty. We'll grab the 17 with Bellarmine. Lips them in a pick em against Stetson. Here's a team maybe people know. The Billikens of St. Louis. They're getting six at VCU. Are they going to get in the tournament? No. They're out, huh? No, the A-10 is a one-league this year. It is really, really down. It's going to come down to that conference tournament in Atlantic City. Hmm. That'd be fun. Yeah. Although, you know what? I was disappointed. I loved the boardwalk. Uh Uh-huh. The properties were meh. Yeah. Not the best. No, I didn't think. Anyways. Uh, Bowling Green minus three and a half. Georgia, they're getting two and a half at home against Florida. Toledo laying the big number. Two-unit play on Indiana tonight against the Hawkeyes. Wake Forest will lay lay it against BC. Give me Seton Hall at home against Villanova. I like Texas Tech getting the nine and a half against Kansas this evening in Lawrence. I also love Nebraska. They're getting four at home against Mm -hmm. Michigan State. Arkansas plus a six and a half against Tennessee. And late night... Give me the Bulldogs of Fresno as they go on the road to New Mexico. Taking the elastic band off the bankroll and betting the Hoosiers. Two-unit play. We shall see. We'll talk about that game tomorrow. Murph and Andy coming up in five minutes. Plenty of local talk still to come. They're followed by Heather and Sean, the KXNO Drive from 3 until 6. We're Miller and Condon. You can hear Trent and I talk sports with you every Monday through Friday from 11 to 1 on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO.